Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. So there's a lot of 
personal yep. stuff I'm dealing with across the board too. So, but thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Listen, family first. It's a lot going on. You know, I'm dealing with my pops and everything. So, um, I definitely know how it is. So, um, yeah, but I definitely want to, you know, give a shout out to you and the family. Uh, we we also got a couple other chefs. I'll bring them in from the 703. You know who it is? Is Mr. Serious? What's going on, Serious? You know, fellas, life happens, right? You know what? And mm. in the midst of life and turmoil, it's always good to come back home when you're able to come home. It's been a minute since I've spoke to any one of you two gentlemen. Um, you know what? I'm going to see for a second. I'm going to see for a second. You know, the, the, the good book says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You feel me? And mm. sometimes in life, you know, it's your turn to get tested. It's your turn to see you know, where your metal is. It, 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 it's your turn to see if you can rise above the ashes and rise above the nonsense and still stand strong. Um, and quite frankly, over the past couple weeks, um, I feel as though all of us sitting here, we've all had our time to, to rise above, and damn it, we're standing right here. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to the, to the, to the Jordan family. You know, dealing with what they dealing with. Shout out to DP. You know, what I'm saying bringing another life into the world. Um, it's a scary time. It's a scary time to be bringing life into the world. You know, what I'm saying. But you know, his family that did that. Um, I've been battling some health issues and some other things. Uh, but damn it, I'm here, and, I, and I'm thankful to be able to come on this network and, 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 and just escape. So, so it's good to be back home. Man. Yeah, it's good to hear your voice, man. Everybody's going through something, man, and and we never know um, <clears throat> what happens across the way or next door. But you know, we all gotta stay strong and stay vigilant and, and, and keep ourselves keep 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 us um, uh, uplifted. Um, you know what I mean? So, so, so we could jump. Since we in this, so we could just jump straight to the show, though. Um, I'm I'm passionate. My heart is on. I wear my heart on my sleeve, yo. So I want like a like a five second moment of silence to everybody that lost someone or loved one in that madness down in Texas because um, life ain't promised, man. And, and I could just imagine, like, I think about it, you know, like I got a lot of kids in my life, you know, all ages, especially my, my little cousins and my nephews and stuff like that. And just picturing if that was happening at one of their school and you running there and just hoping it ain't them and picture you being a parent that have to get the news, like, I, I couldn't imagine that, bro. I couldn't imagine that. And it's, I I, I do want to tip my hat to Steve Kerr. But I do want to, because um, he, he he made me fall in love with him when he did that mm-hmm. speech yesterday. I fell in love with Steve Kerr. But mm-hmm. I do want to give them a moment of silence and give them they just do. Here's a quick five seconds. Mm-hmm. Okay, we good, man, but... Yeah, when Steve Kerr made yeah. that speech, I was like, I was, I didn't know what to do with myself when I seen Steve Kerr do that speech. I was like, finally, like it's somebody of Caucasian descent to speak up and like yell it, like not just be like, oh, moment of silence. And and, mm-hmm. and when he said it, it's it's like what we're asking to help for. You know what I'm saying? Like like y'all know something wrong going on. You know what I'm saying? Like like help. You know, mm-hmm. it, it ain't it don't help so much people can do. You know. And, um, and I mean, Steve Kerr lived that though. You know what I'm saying? Steve Kerr yeah, lived that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's that, 
gunned down by, you know, people with ill intent. Like, like we're all about like, this is a sports so. show. I'm not going to dive too much into it, but, like, I got a two-year-old. He's about to be three. You know what I'm saying? And when I picked him up from daycare yesterday, me and my wife held this little homie like he was not going to get let go. And all he wanted to do was go play. You know what I'm saying? And he sat there, and my wife started crying. And he asked why my wife was crying. And so we had to sit down with little Malik and be like, yo, my guy, some some, some kids, you know, went to school and they, you know, they went to see Jesus. They 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 went to they they went to heaven. They didn't go back home to their mommies and daddies. And the look on my son's face, y'all, like he's two. The look on my son's face killed me. You know what I'm saying? So again, this is a sports show. We're gonna talk about sports and hopefully take everybody's mind away from 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 what's been taking place the past ten to fifteen days. But God, man, you know, circle peace curve. Shout out to everybody who's been, you know, beating the drum to try to get some type of change or some type of something because what what, what we currently have and what we currently been doing isn't working. And the, the sign of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting something different. You know, hopes and prayers are, are great, but faith without works is dead. You feel me? So we can hope and pray. Until we're blue in the face, but until something gets done to change the current course of action, it's only going to be a matter of time, unfortunately, before we get word that something else like this is taking place. You know what I'm saying? Again, I'm going to stop talking because I can talk about this for a while, but good, yeah. good job, TP, for uh, having a good moment of silence. Huh? Yeah, and I was going to hit it, too, and, and serious. I mean, it would be irresponsible if we didn't talk about it. Um there's, I mean, honestly, like, we have to do our part, too, and, and I don't want to belabor it too much. I mean, TP hit it hit it hard, and then you, you came in real hard, too, serious, and I know we got to call him. Um, I'm going to bring him in in a second, but, um, yeah, my, kid, my kids are 10, 9, and, and 5, right there in that age group, and, and I couldn't imagine. Um Steve Kerr, when he when he banged that table and said what he said, I I shook, like I felt it in my bones. Like when is enough enough? It's this kid. In I'm trying to compose myself, but I mean this kid on his 18th birthday got two assault rifles. Couldn't couldn't get a beer, but could get two assault rifles. I mean, and we got. 50 senators that are more worried about getting NRA money and keeping their job than doing something about it. it real quick, there there were shootings, I think, what, 12 some odd years ago, or maybe longer than that, much maybe much longer than that, in Scotland. They had strict gun laws passed two weeks after that. You know how many shootings they've had since then? Zero. Zero. I'm just going to leave that there. But call or call in from the 515. I'm going to bring him in real quick, and then we can do whatever we want to do, brother. Uh, what's in, What's up? What's up, fellas, man? It's always a pleasure to be here to share space with you guys. You know, I wrote down in my 
opening notes that the definition uh, that doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is the definition of insanity. Um, it's unfortunate how many places I'm seeing uh, this get politicized and whatever, and this is a human life issue. This is way beyond politics. This is way beyond any side or the other, and it is sad to see people more, 50 senators, uh, more worried about money they're getting coming in than worried about protecting uh, people that they that they pledge to serve. So, uh, you know, I, I agree with what was going on with Steve Kerr's speech and with what he had to say, and it, it honestly brought a tear to my eye. I saw a post from uh, Sirius Today that he posted that had all these different schools listed, and it didn't even mention Virginia Tech. But there was, I mean, you could just read down the list, and like he said in the comments, with it, it just makes you angrier and angrier. And so, uh, listen, I've been going through a lot, too, dad being sick, child fighting some mental health stuff that we still, you still don't have in the 21st century and all the things that we have. Uh, we need better, we need better gun laws and we also need uh, continued mental health support and need to continue to, uh, to destigmatize the, that, those issues and make sure that people get the help that they need when it comes to all that. Much love to TP, man. I mean, without him, I wouldn't be here. Much love to both of you as well. Uh, you both already said it, man. It's like family getting a chance to sit down and chop it up and share space with each other. And I appreciate you guys always welcoming me into the space. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we we could talk sports. I mean, we could talk about it more. Like I said, it's not irresponsible and it's not off track to talk about it. I feel like we have to talk about it because enough's enough. Um, Can't keep turning the I feel like I feel like that incident happened yesterday sparked the Mavericks up. I, I think that helped the Mavericks beat the crap out of the Warriors, and I thought the Warriors was going to sweep them. I thought it was going to happen. But once mm-hmm. Steve Kerr did that, it was like, let's go dub. So go Mavs. You could tell that. The country got behind that, and, and the Mavericks had to play ball in Texas. Like while that's going on in Texas, they, they the temperature is, is just too crazy down there right now, man. And at the end of the day, um, I, I can't even front the way that he did everything. Um, this kid was Salvador Ramos. Uh, he killed his grandmother, mm-hmm. man. I, I I grew up with both of my parents, you know what I'm saying. But every single day, my grandmother raised me. I didn't know where I could lay my grandmother out. If that's the case, I'm I'm right next to her. Fuck it. I'm, I, excuse me. I'm I'm laid out flat with her. Mm-hmm. It'd be a, a suicide homicide. I'm not going that far. So then he grabs the car, crashes the car, goes into the school before he gets into school, goes to war with the cops, and then barricades himself, and then started killing the kids, and then they finally got in there and, and knocked them off. Like incredible situation, and it's interesting how. People have to try to bounce back, and there's no time limit on grieving. So I could just imagine that community, like, still, I still think about the people out here in Connecticut and Sandy Hook. Like, people thought that was yeah. fake. People thought people were lying about children dying. Like, this is this is crazy. Like, the mindset of some people that get access to these guns and um, you don't know what they're going to think of, and it's like, what what do they really need a K or an AK or AR for? Like, are they hunting with that? Are you hunting, like, thousands of deer, like, I, I think that's for, like, knocking humans off, to be honest. So, 
We're we'll see how this yeah. goes down, especially especially how like the sport world feed off of that and if Dallas bounces back off of this and, and uses this as an instrument, that'll be something to see. But um I think, you know, everything has its time and its course and I, I you know I don't question the will of God, man, but that that's just something that just is just as painful as it could be, you know. I feel you. I, I, I was surprised that um, they played that game um, last night. You know, they had the heavy rainfall and the rain delay and all that, but just in the, the backdrop of what everything that happened in Texas, I'm surprised they played that game. But I agree with you, TP, when, when, when Steve Kerr talked, you know, I mean, I, I was just like, I'm in this corner. I already liked him. I already thought he was a good guy. And, you know, after that speech where he just said what everybody's been wanting to say but has been afraid to say, you know, it kind of galvanized uh, people around him. And, and, you know, now you, you see, you know, I think Senator Murphy from Connecticut had some strong words to say in the, in the court. Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you here if you're not passing this law? So, um, but I mean, we could, we could, you know, we could talk about, let's, let's talk, let's talk about that game last night. And then we can talk about the game going on right now. Um, the Mavs, you know, avoided the sweep. Um, probably have to settle for a gentleman sweep, um, getting the big win by 10, one, one, uh, 119-109. Um, you know, Kerr pulled the starters. Uh, the, 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 the role players got them back in the game, but he put uh, the starters back in, but they, it wasn't enough to get the W. Um, you know, TP, I can go back to you if you want to pass it around. Uh, what did you see uh, last night in that game? Um, do you think the Mavs have enough? I mean, nobody's ever come back from a 3-0 hole, do you, but do you think they have what it takes, or is it just getting that one game at home and then the dubs will take it in Golden State? Well, I feel Dallas was desperate to, to play that type of game, to win that game, and the way they put up so many points. But there was the added steroid of them actually uh, having to deal with the massacre that happened in Uvalde. And... Um, mm-hmm. I am going to say this here and now, the way that Dallas was up so heavy, they were up 29 points in the fourth quarter, and for Golden State to make that a game, I don't feel Dallas can survive. I feel like uh, it it probably will be over going back to California unless they just come out as hot as they were in the first couple of games and making this interesting. But Golden State is not playing around for them. For their bench to make a 29-point deficit diminish down to single digits, that speaks volumes on how strong their their offensive power is. That that's that's heavy. That is heavy. Um, I, that's incredible basketball. I give Golden State a lot of credit for a loss. Like that that's that's ridiculous mm-hmm. for a loss to be given credit to. So, I, I give credit to them, even though I should be giving more to Dallas and everything that they did to win the game. But I I, I feel like Dallas is too young. They don't have a big that can defend at the rim. This is karma for them getting rid of yep. Porzingis. I could care less if somebody said something about Porzingis. They deserve to have Porzingis there. They don't have anybody to stop anybody from coming to the paint. They come in there and do what they want. Kevin Looney's a star now because Dallas don't have nobody in the paint to do anything. So uh, Dallas is going to have to get a big. They're going to need somebody else with Tim Hardaway. I don't even know if Tim Hardaway Jr. is the answer to be alongside Luka. Uh, Dinwiddie's a big piece, mm-hmm. but I don't know if they hang on to him too. People are saying that they might move from Dinwiddie. So I want to see how this offseason looks if, if they don't survive this uh, warrior storm. I think – the big question is, TP, do they pay Brunson $20 million plus, or do they use that money 
to get to your point, the big, and not just a big, like, don't get a Rudy Gobert who I, I'm not going to doubt him, but like I, they need an athletic big that can stretch the floor preferably too, but they need, they definitely need a partner to go with Luca. Do you, do you use that money to bring back Brunson who I, I feel you can't let him go because he's playing so well, but you, there's a bigger need and it's rim protection. So It'll be interesting. Serious, what are you what are you seeing out of this uh, Dallas game from last night in this series? Do you think the series is over? And if you do, where does Dallas go from here? Um, you know what? I I, I, I expected this out of the Dallas Mavericks. I, I really felt as though they had a game like this in them. Um, and CP kind of hit on it with what took place um, earlier that day. You know, nothing rallies, uh, you know, a team and, and galvanizes and, and brings people together, unfortunately, like tragedy. Um, and you know what? I, I, I kind of expected the Dallas Mavericks to play inspired basketball, which is what they did. Um, I think it ends tomorrow in Golden State. Um, I think Steve Kerr gets in there behind um, and tears them a new one. And I believe that they come out like gangbusters, and this is over um, before halftime. I just the way Golden State played yesterday, they didn't look like themselves. They didn't move the basketball well. Um, they wasn't playing together. You know, Steph was you know hitting his stuff, but they turned the ball over way too much. Um, and unfortunately, um, I think that they just was like, you know what, we'll put this one on ice. Uh, we'll put this on the You know, I mean, they're, they're playing with gentlemen. They're, they're playing with house money there. So I honestly believe that uh, they're going to come out and, and, and get it done on on tomorrow um, and yeah. move on. Now, where Dallas goes from here, I think they have to play Brunson. I, I really do. I, I, I think he and Luca or something in the backcourt that needs to be – um, explored and possibly, you know, gives him that extra one-two punch because here's the deal about Brunson. He can get his own shot. He can create off the dribble. Um, and he can, I mean, he, he's pretty consistent from the free throw line. Um, he needs to improve his defense, but so does Luca. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I think them two can do some things. Now, they do need a big. Um, CP alluded to it uh, when he was speaking. That, I mean, Kevin Looney is, can do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants down there. Um, and the thing is, you don't even go get you don't even go get a big name big like somebody, you know, like a Javale McGee, um, a Dwight Howard, a, 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 a Andre Drummond, uh, so somebody of that magnitude that can at least protect your rim, um, and and grab boards. You know, I mean, Looney is averaging close to, you know, fifteen to twenty boards a game. Half of that is offensive rebounds. You know what I'm saying? So I think this. This series is really exposing the weakness inside of the Dallas Mavericks, um, but ultimately, I, I, I expected that game, and I, and I do expect this to be over tomorrow. Yeah, I do too. I just think I don't think KP was a fit. I just think while he his defense was suspect this year, he didn't really protect the rim. But if they had him in this series, I think it would be a different series too. So. I don't know. I I kind of agree. I think you got to pay Brunson, but when you're shooting 46, almost 47 percent from three, hitting 23s, 
you better not lose this game. And that's what happened. They were missing those wide open shots in the first three games. They were hitting them in game four, and that's why they got out of there with the win. Mike, talk to me about game five. What do you got for Dallas? And do you think they can, I mean, do you think they can move move this game back to Dallas, or is it over? No. Uh, you, you're going out to California. Listen, if you're, um, if you're Jalen Brunson or Tony Smith or any of these guys, if there's anything you want to do in Northern California or you want to take your family to do stuff or whatever, might as well go ahead and plan on staying out there for a couple extra days and seeing the sights of NorCal. Or, uh, if you choose to do so, uh, Golden State's going to wrap this series up tomorrow night. And, you know, Dallas did good to get one game. You know, we have seen a lot of growth out of uh, – listen, Brunson is um, is much improved mm. this year uh, over last year. And, um, you know, Dan Woody coming off the injury, you know, we're seeing some uh, we're seeing some ups and downs out of him. But this team definitely needs more inside presence. This team definitely needs, uh, needs some pieces like – uh, obviously, Luca's a star. You know, them being able to even get out of that last round and make the first conference finals is an accomplishment. I expect him to learn from it and, and grow from it and be better. Um, but you still got to do more to get the right pieces around him. Golden State's tough, man. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Memphis played them very well, even without Ja. Uh, and that was really the toughest uh, matchup from them. I mean, a healthy Phoenix team might have been a good matchup for them too. But, uh, listen, kudos to Dallas for making it this far. I don't think that they are the – you could line it up and play these playoffs several times. I don't think that they would always end up as the second-best team in the West. But they've had a good season and something to be proud of. But – uh, tomorrow night in California when it comes to the Mavericks season, like the Doctor of Style Slick used to sing after the Warlord used to hit that big power slam, you can turn out the lights, the party's over. Yeah, I mean, I think Luca's got to get better, too. I think you guys alluded to it, too. I, You know, I feel like offensively he can do whatever he wants. He's a brilliant offensive player. But I think he's got to get in better shape, um, and I think he's got to improve on the defensive end. It's getting to the point they can pick on him, and you know he offers no resistance on the defensive end. As good as he is offensively, he's is that bad off defensively. So um, that's that's something that he's got to take pride in. He's got to get better at. Like you know, some guys, it's it's really effort. You know what I mean? Just just effort. So. If he can just make himself a little bit better, then, you know, he's going to be a problem. But I agree. Listen, I don't think you can watch Brunson walk out the building. But um, I don't know. If I think a big is more important. But, you know, it, that's, the, that's where they're at because they, where their salaries are working out, they'll probably have to pick one or the other. So we'll see how it works out. Golden State, you're right, Mike. I mean, it, you know, they're – they're a tough team. It's a it's a bad matchup for Dallas. Um, Golden State's moving on. They're looking really good. I, I, you know, Poole's playing well. Wiggins is playing some good basketball. I mean, this is just a, a solid team. Um, we'll see how it works out on the on the Eastern Conference side. TP uh, right now, uh, the Celtics are down. Uh, 
the, to the Heat. Miami Heat's up 27 to 22 after getting thrashed in Game Four. Series tied 2-2. Pivotal Game Five. Pivotal Game Five. Um, what do you what do you what do you think so far, TP, about this series? It, you know, Tatum's been inconsistent. I feel like he's he's got to be more consistent right now. One of eight. Um, injuries are starting to bother both teams. Uh, Heroes injured. Uh, Smart's obviously hobbling on one leg, but he's pushing through. Uh, Tatum had a little bit of injury. Um, it's the best two out of three. What? Who do you got? What do you like so far in this series? Um, the two guys that need this series to become superstars are not uh, stepping up to become that superstar. They're inconsistent. And this is why they'll be stars until they prove that they are superstars at this point in time. And that's Jimmy Butler on the Heat side of the ball and Jason Tatum on the Celtic side of the ball. They're not consistent enough to step into this spotlight. Yes, they're great players. They make things happen on the floor. But if they were consistent enough to knock situations down, they wouldn't be in this type of situation, if you will, Uh, especially um, Jason Tatum. I put a lot of uh, the pressure more on Jason Tatum because uh, with them being able to split in Miami the first two games and going home and losing game three the way that they won game two, it was like you're sitting back settling for three-point shots while you have smaller guys being you when you should have the edge on them, and, and that's what you're resorting to is shooting threes, and he's doing that in this game right now also, uh, shooting threes. And I don't know why people are falling in love with the three ball. I think it's more or less the Steph Curry era, but I watched a video of Michael Jordan saying, I won't settle for three-point shots. He said that's what your game turns into once you uh, fall in love with the three. And this is exactly what Tatum is doing and other guys that learn that they can hit a three here and there. So um, if Boston stuck to the script, they could keep going to the paint and getting money or getting water out of the well, shall I say. Um, Miami, all they got to do is keep playing physical defense and um, making it tough on Boston to score. That that's the thing that Boston is accepting that they're allowing them to be defended. When I don't feel like Miami's that big of a powerhouse defensively, but if they just they're just a little physical with Boston, that makes it tougher for Boston. I don't know why, but it makes it tougher for them. But I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna say this here and now. This is the best series in the playoffs so far. Uh, Boston Miami. This has been the best seven game series I've seen uh, out of all of them. Any anyone that you can mention, they they take the cake. And it's because these guys are so inconsistent. You don't know who's going to do what. Like, even right now in Miami, before the start of this game, Boston's the favorite in Miami, where Miami's actually beating them and uh, won a game in Boston, too. You would feel like Miami would come out like gangbusters after losing by so much in the last game. So this is an incredible series. i got to give the Eastern Conference credit. They finally put up some good basketball, finally. Absolutely. I can agree with you more. Jason Tatum. Your first team All NBA, which we'll get to in a minute. You can't have off nights. I'm sorry. I know you're a pup. I know you're 24 years old, but dude, if you're that dude that people are looking at you a top 10 player in the league, if he, when he plays well, this team wins. When he doesn't play well, the team loses. It's simple math. Like you got to be more consistent, dude. I'm sorry. At your at your level, you got to be more consistent. Michael, talk to me about this Boston Miami series. I I agree. This is a good series so far. Really, really back and forth. But what do you got? Listen, in game two, Jalen Brown impressed, uh, helping them get back in that game. Um, Jason Tatum, first team All NBA. 
twice as many turnovers as made shots in game two. And you're supposed to be the superstar. Uh, inconsistent shooting the ball. When you can get shots at all three levels. I mean, that's one thing they say about Jason Tatum, right? He can score at all three levels. So why are you settling for the third level uh, for your scoring? The the one thing that I can say about Boston is when they move the ball and they take care of the basketball um, and their guys are moving without the ball, they're difficult to stop. I think at times they get caught up into just trying to hit kill shots or rest on their laurels a little bit. And that can be typical of a young team. Uh, these guys are... These guys are young. They're still continuing to grow and learning how to win in the postseason. Um, and I think that, as you said, man, this this game five is extremely pivotal. Pivotal. Um, let me get that word out right. Pivotal. Um, pivotal. Pivotal. The winner of game five very often, you know, as you know, wins a wins a seven game series, especially when it's. Uh, when it split like that, uh, Boston was was fortunate to uh, come out of that last series, and they probably played better overall in that last series. Uh, but now you don't have home court again. You you got the home court advantage, and then you coughed it up as soon as you got home. So the one thing I can say about Boston is, even in most of their losses, their games have been close. They have been on the giving end of a couple of beatings in these playoffs. But they found a way to be in every game, so I'm impressed by that. But uh, they're still leaving a lot of meat on the bone, if you will, by settling for shots and not taking care of the basketball at times. And at times just looking downright ugly. Um, It's the inconsistency of some of the Miami Heat guys that that Boston was – was able to snatch a game in Miami to start the series. Like I said, Miami returns to favor, so now game one. Uh, we'll see what happens in game five. I think this, either one of these guys can have the series. Um, it's it's there for the taking if you, if you step up and play well enough. But I think either one of these teams are going to have to show a little bit more consistency to get past uh, the team they're going to meet in, in next week. Absolutely, because you can't have these blowout games like this. It's just too up and down. But Miami has to win this game tonight, not because it's a pivotal game. That's one reason, but they ain't winning in Boston, period. They're not winning in Boston. So they have to win this game, in my opinion. Serious talk to me, Boston-Miami, Eastern Conference Final. You know, honestly, gentlemen, um, I'm not too sure I, I, I agree with the sentiment uh, that this has been the best series uh, for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, two of the four games have been blowouts. You know, they came back and made it made it a close late. However, um, that's the, 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 the end score is really not indicative on how pitiful both of these games were. Okay, that's first. Second of, second of all, he kind of alluded to it when he, when he spoke. You know, Jason Tatum is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You know, Jimmy Butler, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You know, Jalen Brown, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Like, 
the, 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 the quote-unquote stars that you were counting on to, to, to carry the series um, and should be playing better have not played better. Um, thus, that, that finds us in the situation that we're in. You know, at the end of the day, I still think Boston wins this series because they are the better team. Um, however, I, 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 I don't know how to pick this series. I don't know how to, 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 to look at this series analytically and say, okay, you know what, this is what I think that, you know, Boston is going to do. This is what I think that Miami is going to do because in two of the four games, you know, a team has been up by 30-some-odd points. And even though in game three, Boston came back and made it interesting, you were still down 30-some-odd points. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out. Um, but ultimately, I think Boston wins this ballgame because they're the better thing. Can you thrill me and tell me what series is better than this one in the entire playoffs? Just thrill me. I honestly believe if you know if before John Morant got hurt, I I, I love yeah. watching Golden State Memphis go at it. Okay. Um, okay. okay. You know, Injuries happened. Think, that was over in five. Injuries yeah. happened. That was over in five. So, again, thrill me. Just because he got hurt don't mean that you're just going to hold it up because he got hurt. What series was better than this one right here? I thought. I'll wait. I thought you. Memphis lost in five. They lost in five. No, they lost in six. But, look, let me ask you the question. Okay, you can't sit there and tell me that this particular series is better when there's been the Celtics winning by 30 some odds. The Heat is won by thirty some odds. Like at the end of the day, both of these teams, you can't you can't make heads or tails out of it. Like we're sitting here right now in the middle of the second quarter, and this is the first game this whole series where at this point in the second quarter, it's been a legitimate ball game. You know what I'm saying? We can't we, we can't look at what the end score was and say you know because they cut it down to one. You know, yeah, that's that, 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 that classic. Say this was a good series. Like, I mean, to each of her own. I mean, that's if that's how you feel. You got it. But ultimately, for me, I I look at a series as two teams going back and forth, where there's one person going at the other person. Quite frankly, John and Steph were going at it, and was must TV. Okay, but in this one, this is okay. There's an actor named Danny DeVito. I know you probably never heard of him, but he's a longtime legendary actor. And um, he said basketball is his favorite sport because it's like theater. You never know what's going to happen. And this is perfect theater because there's no real home court advantage in this thing. Like, you can tell when John and them walked up in there, they – they're going to get beat up in Golden State. Like, this is a situation where that both these teams are inconsistent. You don't know what's going to happen, who's going to hit one bucket, what run is going to happen in this game. Like, this is this is what it's about. You you actually get to see a game. And Miami is not beating them by 30 uh, out the gate. I think the Celtics came up with the big wins, but Miami's been able to get big leads and hold them off and cut it, get it cut to, like, 11 or 8 in the game that they won. But – Still yet, you're not getting a consistent play out of the stars right here. Like, John and was pulled out of that game due to an injury. Once he left, it was like you knew how that was going to pan out. One way or another, if it did look intriguing, you knew Golden State was going to get out of there without John. It looked good this regular season that they won 20-some-odd games without John, but come on, they needed him. 
against the Splash Brothers and, and the Splashettes because they everybody's shooting in Golden State. Like this this game right here, there's no consistency. Marcus Smart is dealing with his injured ankle. Um, he's in and out of the lineup. Robert Williams is in and out of the lineup. Derek uh, White is, is inconsistent. Uh, that's why the Spurs have let him go. If he if he played consistent, this would probably be different for him. So um, you don't know what's going on. That's what makes this an interesting series. But like to me, I, I think this really has the potential of going seven. Uh, if the if the Celtics get away with a, a win today, I think this is, this can go six. But I, I think this has an intrigue of going seven games. I mean, intriguing, yeah. I mean, it's definitely an intriguing series. I get that. Yeah, if Boston wins this game, I I just don't think it's going back to Miami. That's why I really feel Miami has to win this game. But honestly, I'm going to disagree, TP, respectfully. I think the the Boston Bucks series was better than this series. I think that was a little bit more compelling. But this is two really good teams going at it that are not evenly matched. But I think it's a it's. You know, styles, I think they're, they're two good styles against each other, two, two good defensive-minded teams. So, I think Boston's a better defensive team, though. I think they're a better overall team. I would say, almost say Dallas and Phoenix, but I felt like it was Luka versus the world on that series. I thought Booker didn't show up for me, and, and, and kind of CP3 kind of got um, not exposed, but, you know, they picked on him a lot. So, that that series wasn't as compelling. I think, I think Boston – Bucks was probably the best series so far, but yeah, you know, it, it, this is still going to be a good series. I expect it to go. I really do expect it to go seven, seven games, like you said, TP. So we'll see what happens. Um, but Tatum, come on, man, you got to be consistent, man. You're, you're, listen, all NBA team, right? You got first of all, got to pay the bills. Call in number nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. TP time with the villain. Um, Sirius, Mr. Harvey, all, all talking good sports. Uh, good to hear everybody's voices. Miss you guys. Um, listen, we got all NBA teams. Um, first team was the Joker, the MVP of the season. The, the, the season. Two-time uh, reigning MVP, uh, Giannis. We got Luca making the first team. Uh, Jason Tatum and Devin Booker. Um, second team was rounded out with uh, Steph Curry, John Morant. Congratulations. Uh, Kevin Durant, DeMar DeRozan, very well-deserving, I would feel. Um, and Joel Embiid, who did not make the first team. Third team, Chris Paul, Trey Young, LeBron James, uh, Pascal Siakam, and Kat, Carl Anthony Towns. TP Timeless, any surprises on this um, first, second, or third team? And do you are you okay with how they do the, the voting for the, the first, second, or third team? I really don't it, – it bothers me that the people that get to vote, vote for it. Like, they need to get, like, legit people, man. But um, I like the fact that it, it ruffled some feathers that LeBron was in first team and I.E. Shannon, Shannon uh, Sharp was very mad about it. Um, He's always I'm mad like, about LeBron. Oh, oh, I know, no, I know, I know, I know. I, hold on, I'm getting there. I got you. Hold on, man. Let me, let me cook a little bit. So – just because he's putting up damn near 30 a game is the reason why you're going to give him the leg up to be first team, but yet they were 16 games under 500 in Los Angeles. Ha, ha, ha. So it's funny that you had that happen to you. Um, looking looking at Jason Tatum, I think Jason Tatum's game was more efficient this season than LeBron's, especially with him due to injury. So I want to know, like, the, the amount of games that it qualifies for people to be, like, 
you know, considered. Because I wonder how many games LeBron missed this season wow. and AD and all of those things that happened. But um, no real big qualms. I mean, the notable names on all three teams, I mean, everybody played good ball this season. So I can't really be mad at it. It just depends on if you think a certain person should have been first team, second team, or third team. The interesting fight would have been between Embiid and Jokic. Um, I feel that since Jokic won the MVP, they gave him that slot uh, with 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, 500 assists. We've never seen that done in NBA history, so this is historic. But the run that Embiid had this season is, like, not to be overlooked. So I get where that debate could come, but, uh, I mean, and it's splitting hairs between them two to me. Um I don't know. I, I really don't. I have to give Embiid, I, I mean, excuse me, give Jokic his credit for the season that he put up to get back-to-back MVPs too. So, uh, incredible run mm-hmm. by all of these players, especially Giannis being, you know, outshined when he did, did incredible work all season long. Like, Giannis did <laughs> – you can't overlook the Greek freak at the end of the day, and, and he's still first team. So, I, I have no qualms with any of those teams that they put together. I Listen, I agree – I, I just I heard a, a commentary today. I was listening to um, to uh, JJ Reddy talk about it, and it's like if you're given super maxes because you make for a second or third team, why isn't it the best 15 players? Why is it positional? Like Joel Embiid should be a first team all, all NBA. I mean, I know Joker is is the MVP. He, so he, by default, more or less, because he's the center, should get the first team. And then I guess now because Joel's the center too, he falls to the second team. But, like, do I really think he, like, like Luka deserves it over him? No. Jason Tatum over Joel Embiid on first team? No. It should be the the best 15, the best five, the next best five, and then the next best five, especially when money is involved because, like, I'm I'm looking at like Trey Young because he made third team, he gets that supermax kicked in. Now the Hawks are over the cap to bring him back by six million because of that that implication. And like, um, I think Cat gets um he gets a super no Booker gets a supermax. You know, Cat and Booker get a supermax now because they made um the All NBA team. If it's about money, like the you know like. The biggest example was um, Clay Thompson getting missed out on the third team and not getting the supermax. He missed out on thirty million dollars because of your point, TP. Whoever voted for it, it's not fair. So that's my thing. But I agree, the guys that are there, they should be there. I think they should be there. Uh, Mike, talk talk to me about the first, second, and third team. Do you think uh, everybody that was there deserved it? So this is a. This is a $36 million question uh, for a lot of these guys <laughs> in these contracts, right? Um, yeah. I saw that I saw that some writers, because one of them uh, was eligible at the forward position, there were some guys that put Jokic and Embiid both on their first team. And I think that both of those guys are good enough to be first team on NBA. And I, and I would say this. I mean, theoretically speaking, because of what they both can do on top two, like you could put those two guys on the court together, and they could uh, they could figure it out and play together. Um, Embiid, 
Listen, I think he should be first team NBA. It's hard to say if you were just strictly looking at centers, it's hard to say, okay, he got roused because Joker got put there, right? Like, that being said, uh, Joker's dependable. He's always there. I, I think I would have, uh, <clears throat> I think I would have gone with some of the writers and put both of those guys on my first team and maybe at, uh, maybe at the risk of not including uh, Booker or Tatum, and I think that would have been okay. Um, I, for the most part, though, if you look at the three teams, I don't see any player on that list that I would say doesn't deserve to to have one of those, uh, I don't know, 15 spots, I guess. Um, so I think they kind of got it right as far as the guys that they that they put on those three teams. I just think I might have shuffled it a little different. And my first team uh, would have included Embiid and Joker. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's the only thing. It, it, when money's involved, when you like, you, like you said, thirty-six million, you got to get this right. We got to we got to balance this thing out. Maybe the supermax needs another distinction. Um, yeah, you know, I feel I think like Young is. Go ahead. Oh, my bad. I'm I'm sorry. I I I, I feel like that. Somehow these contracts need to be written in differently because, I mean, this this first, second, third team. I mean, isn't this sports writers that are uh, that are voting on this? Um, yeah, it, yep. it's, it's not. It's not players. It's not coaches. It's not stars. Uh, it's one thing for them to vote on who should be in, say, a Hall of Fame, for example, but to determine. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for the sports writers to have the the powers that basically determines, you know, what these teams uh, end up having to do with their books, and how that turns out, I just think there's something wrong with that whole picture. Yeah, what do sports writers don't? They shouldn't be voting on Hall of Fame or anything. I mean, it should be player. Sports writers should get maybe a little weighted vote, but I think players and, and peers and, and and coaches and there is they should they should vote on it too. And but you know. There's a conflict of interest there too, so you know that's why it's got to be weighted. But I think we got to figure out something serious. Talk to me first, second, third team. Did you like? You know, I think everybody's kind of leaning towards Joel Embiid, but uh, Booker first team. Uh, you know, didn't show up in in against yeah. the Mavericks, but you know he's there. I mean, what do you think about the the, the guys that made it? I think this is the right fifteen to to, to have on this list. I just probably would maneuver. Um, you know, a couple up, a couple down, but I think this is the right fifteen. I think honestly, we need to do away with the positions, um, because you can't tell me that Joker is, is first team and Joel Embiid um, is not also a first team, uh, based off of just how close and neck and neck they were um, in the MVP race, and you know, statistically. Um, but ultimately, man, I think this is the right group of guys, um, especially like, you know, you alluded to, there's, there's bonuses and, and financial implications involved in, you know, making this particular team and making this particular list. Um, honestly, again, I think this is the right fit team, but I probably will move Booker off of first team, um, potentially move Ja up to, 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 to first team, move Booker down to second team. I think um, – you know, LeBron James is right where he's at. You know, unfortunately, he, he missed a significant amount of time. Um, same thing with KD, but with KD was more efficient and more effective 
um, with the time that he had. I, I, I can make a legitimate case that um, that DeMar DeRozan could probably make a first team, and I probably could potentially move Jason Tatum down. But that's just me splitting air. So I think that DeMar DeRozan, what he did this year, um, was nothing short of spectacular. Um, so, again, right 15 guy, that is probably will shuffle the deck a little bit, um, especially when there's, you know, financial implications involved. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm definitely in the boat with you. I, I think Josh is considered more for first team than maybe Booker or Luca, but, you know, it, it's splitting hairs. I think you're right, though. I think they got the right 15. I, I'm, I, you know, I just – I'm just about the money, you know, get, get these guys this bad because, you know, like I said, Clay Thompson got screwed out of his money for no reason whatsoever. And Kemba, I love Kemba, UConn through and through, but you can't tell me that Kemba deserved it over Clay Thompson that season. So, um, and it cost him $36 million. That's a lot of money. So, um, TP, I got, we got to listen, game four in the garden, the Rangers came out on fire. Uh, you know, Igor making crazy saves. The, the Rangers winning 4-1 to one at home. The, the series tied 2-2. We got to talk a little hockey. We got to get a little hockey because I tell everybody, hockey season don't start until the Rangers are in the playoffs. But they're in the playoffs. I was going crazy. My, my little villainess, uh, Avery, I'm screaming. The goal, goal. She's like, oh, daddy's scamming because you know she doesn't. Wa- she never watched daddy watch hockey, so you know I got. I had to get into it. But TT, what do you like so far, man? Are we gonna take this thing against the Hurricanes? Um, I hate especially here in Sports City. <laughs> um, the um, this bothers me a lot. This series. Um, Carolina's been strong all season long, and um, I pick on a lot of people in my life and people that's close to me, people that talk sports, so on and so forth. I say don't have two teams, and I don't have two teams. I love my Rangers, right? But my heart resides in the state of Connecticut. And they took the one professional team we had with the Hartford Whalers Mm -hmm. and sent them to North Carolina to become the Hurricanes. So it's like when I watch the, the Hurricanes do well or win their Stanley Cups, it's like I feel like a portion of Connecticut is there, let alone my roots are in the state of North Carolina. That's where my father's bones are. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I'm totally attached to it. So it's like I want us to win the series, but it's like if anybody could lose to it's Carolina, but I don't want to lose to Carolina. So And they play the best defense in the league right now, being the Hurricanes too. So the Rangers are earning this. You know what I'm saying? And the one thing that I love about the Rangers, is, especially that I've been paying attention to this year, we are good on power play. And for some strange reason, like Kreider and these guys could force a power play. Once we get the power play, they're strong enough to get a goal. And not to say that it's a given, but it, it happens, and we're able to take advantage, and it helps the Rangers. If they can get down there tomorrow in game five and steal a game in North Carolina, this is huge for the Rangers, especially the year that they've been having. But they have to prove that they can go in that building and get one. Um, they've been very strong in the garden. Um they were able to do it in Pittsburgh and still win in Pittsburgh. They're going to have to be able to go in North Carolina and upset them and get to these guys, let alone like Ronta, you know, they, they were part of his team. So it's like just watching so many names and part of the Carolina and just Carolina, the Bastique alone and the Harper Willis, all of that. It, it just, 
this is just so heart-wrenching just to watch this series go down, man. I, if it was any other team in the league, it'd be like, okay, well, let's go get them. I don't care how this go down. But now it's like I want to beat they tell, but it's like, it's, you know, it's a teardrop beating them. You know what I'm saying? Like this is like the, the father beating their son. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to hurt me more than it hurt you. You know what I'm saying? Like this is how this one go down. So <laughs> Blue Shirts Incorporated all day. You already know how this go. But um, this is one tough series. I cannot lie. This is gonna be a tough. This is a good series. Now I can't. You got to get one on the road. Carolina has not lost. They have not lost a whole playoffs at home. They're six and zero. So the Rangers, they got to get one. They have to. Um, Carolina's tough though, man. They're they're a good team. But uh, Igor is, is he is playing some lights out hockey right now in the goaltending. Um, I think he's only let up seven goals. I think all, so. You know, he's just making some crazy saves. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, though. But um, I had to get that in. TP knows. Uh, I like to I like to hear him talk Rangers. I like talking Rangers when we're in the playoffs, so I got to get that out. Um, I'll, I'll throw it around, guys. Uh, anything anybody wants to talk about, anything we want to hit on, um, the, 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 the grill is open. Throw, throw something on the grill if you want. The only thing that I really want to talk about, uh, just quickly, because I know we closing. Mm. Um, I, I, oh man, and this is tough. Uh, between Roley and Tank, this fight Saturday. I, I'm a big Tank fan, okay. but Roley, I'm a fan of too. These two are knockout artists. I do not think this gets past the fourth round. Somebody is going to get knocked the hell out. Um, I, my popcorn is ready. These two are talking enough crap. Um, and they both all, all they win is off a of knockout punches. They don't win by points. They don't leave it to the judges. So Roley is very unorthodox and tank wait for the counter to just clean you up and oh this could get very messy in this fight Saturday, man. And Memorial Day uh Memorial Day weekend is here, but that that should set off the fireworks if anything. Which fight is that Tank right. Davis? Romero? Yeah, uh, Devontae Tank Davis versus Roley Romero. Yeah, so that, that's that, that's on Showtime in New York, so that's going to be a good fight. Go ahead, Mike, go ahead. No, I'm excited to see that, and I'm going to go as far as to say uh, Chris Tucker. It's Chris Tucker's phrase, after it's over, somebody got knocked, you know, out. So uh, I, I think that's definitely <laughs> uh, about to happen. Uh, listen, the Braves can't get Bryce Harper out, but uh, the, the the Phillies can't get out Dansby Swanson, so he's 8 for 12 in this series. So uh, compelling. Uh, right there, the Braves are getting off the snide a little bit, so uh, playing a little bit and better. And the Cougars so. hurt, right, Mike? Uh, so he was scratched tonight for a little bit of quad tightness. They said they didn't think it was going to be anything major. Listen, as much as this guy's been running the bases, this guy has eight steals and only his first 50 at-bats. Uh, so, yeah. oh. uh, so, so we'll see, uh, we'll see, I mean, he, he gets banged up a lot, uh, not quite as bad as, uh, Data Davis slash street clothes, but he gets banged up a lot. He's a special talent though. So, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully this is something minor and he's back in the lineup in the next couple of days, but, but we'll see. Absolutely. I, I got to go into a little overtime cause I didn't get a chance to talk about it. You know, my Yankees, obviously, we're, we're playing right now up 2 nothing on Baltimore. Um, you know, struggling a little bit lately. Why? Because we got swept at home uh, in, in the doubleheader. 
against the White Sox. Obviously, the, the, what really everybody was talking about was the comments that Josh Donaldson had against Tim Anderson calling saying, what's up, Jackie? Um, MLB coming down on them. Yeah, MLB coming down on them. Yeah, <laughs> they, they suspended him for a game. Um, Tim Anderson responded today, said he doesn't want anything to do with him, doesn't want to be friends. So um, I don't know if anybody wants to say anything. I, I can't yeah. just let it go as a black man, as a baseball fan. But from my seat, um, Josh Donaldson didn't deserve to get suspended because I feel like the league suspended him because they thought the comments were bad. I don't feel like they were really – it's like they didn't say – like it was – It was. they said it was disrespectful. It wasn't racist. But you suspend him, and now he's labeled as a racist. I, but, like, honestly, the comments were stupid. You shouldn't have said it. I, you know, it's from an article from three years ago. Yeah, great. You know what? Josh Donaldson's a ball buster. And you know what? Not really well liked, I don't think, around the league. So um, that, that's that's where I see it. See, I'm not looking at it as a Yankee fan. I'm looking at it as a black man. Like, I wanted the explanation from Tim Anderson. He came out and finally said something about it. Let's put it to rest. Anybody got anything else to say? No, real quick. Um, as, as a, go ahead, my bad. But just, just knowing that we just gave him to you, Barry. So you, you, this is this is your unload. Here you go. You get to have him. So here, here you go. You got him. No Man. problem. This is the same so dude. Talk, tell me, tell me about the, him. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. I got it. I'm cooking. I'm cooking. I'm, I'm at the drill. I'm cooking. This is the same dude at the same organization where we played the White Sox in Chicago. He He got a pitch that was thrown across the plate that it was a high strike. He didn't like it. And um, the next pitch, he takes it out the park. And um, instead of, like, you know, just, you know, letting Karma do his thing, he gets to third base, slows down, gets a foot full of dirt, and just throws it across the plate, and then steps on home, he gets thrown out the game. It's like you have that type of attitude to hurt the team. You know what I'm saying? This was against the White Sox. So you, with that, you were going after with Ozzie Guillen, your your history with them, they're gonna watch you now. Let alone if you you saying Jackie, you think that's cool? You're playing with Jackie Robinson's name, like that. You know that had racial monotone to it. Why why would you play with him, even if you are joking with that? Like saying like call him Timothy or something. You're playing with Jack Robinson because he said he was a Jack. He, he was Jack Robinson in whatever year he said that. You are a culprit that people watch. You're a repeat offender of doing crazy stuff. Um. Josh Donaldson, I'm sorry, you like you do a lot of crazy stuff. Your heart is black. Your heart is black. I don't know if you are racist or not. I'm not gonna pin that to you, but you have one cold black heart. And uh for you to just worry about yourself you are a selfish individual for you to pull that off and I know teammates will back you. I know the Yankees will back you because they got a they they're a family organization at the end of the day. But come on, you gotta be smarter than that and you're in your, your late thirties going into your forties and still have this attitude that is you against the world. I don't Charge. condone any of his actions at all. None. None. And Real you quick. know what? Give Aaron Boone and give uh, Aaron Judge credit. They didn't back him. They said he mm-hmm. it was disrespectful. Right. It was stupid. Judge went at him. Judge, judge went at him. Yeah. Judge went at him. I yeah. agree. And give him credit. Give him credit. No, because for... He's in a contract here, and that could have met, messed up his money, too. But he said, no, you're wrong. This is wrong. So... 
Respect mm-hmm. to Aaron Judge for that. Go ahead, Mike. I'm right. sorry. I didn't see you. I forgot he did that. I was right. No, definitely respect to both Aaron's, man. Listen, all I needed to hear uh, was a comment yesterday that Tim Anderson said, I already, uh, you know, there was no inside joke. I told him, mm-hmm. you don't really have to talk to me. I don't want to talk to you. And this was a while back. And so I don't know. Like, I feel like that he was trying to get under his skin I don't know 100% if I would call that racist, but I would say that it very well could be, and that is not, um, especially when you know you don't have this kind of dynamic with this man. Y'all ain't friends like that. Listen, if it's going to be some sort of inside joke, it's somebody you're friends with. Like, I could have an inside joke with one of you guys or something because we know each other and we chop it up on a weekly basis. Um, that's not what's going on here. And what I will say is, listen, to to those of you Yankee fans who were in the stands chanting, chanting shouting. I, sorry, I just tried to throw those words together yeah. in my head right there. Uh, but chanting and shouting Jackie at Tim Anderson when he was at the plate shouting. Shame on you, every one of you. Um, there's no excuse for that. Um, all you're doing is kind of feeding this man's black heart, as Time has said. Um, this this guy is childish. He's very selfish. And, and I think Josh Donaldson is, if he's not racist, he's at least narcissist, right? He's at least a narcissist. But what I will say right. is this. You, um, you come back and look at that. I'm glad Tim Anderson hit the home run. I'm glad he shut him up. And mm-hmm. I'm glad he got, listen, because to me, the satisfaction is not in the suspension of Josh Donaldson for a game. We all know that's a token thing that MLB tried to yep. do just to say that they did something, right? Um, this was wrong. You shouldn't have uh, talked to that man like that in the first place. But I guarantee you there was much more satisfaction in seeing that ball soar over the fence and hearing that crowd shh as you circle the bases and drive a stake into the Yankees' heart on a Sunday afternoon in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in, uh, in one, New York. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. One, one thing, who was the chick sitting with Brooks Capia at, at the the golfer at the at the basketball game? Oh, my God. But seriously, um, listen, Yankee fans fed into it the next day because of Josh Donaldson's explanation. They're stupid for chanting Jackie. It's, I don't think he meant it in a racist way. I think he meant it to be an idiot because he's a schmuck and doesn't know how to, you know, he just wants to get under people's skin. Um, like, like TP knows, TP and I go back a long way, right? So people, when I was growing up in, in high school, if you knew me, you knew me as black. You called me black. Well, black, you know what I mean? But, like, if you didn't know me and you called me that, we got a problem because you don't know me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, TP knew me, so you can call me that. You don't know me. Like, Tim Lynch is saying, you don't know me, dude. You can't call me that. And it's like you're calling him that because he had an article saying that he, he feels like he's the Jackie. Why is he the Jackie Russ? Not because, not because he's, you know, trying to break down racial barriers or anything like that, because he's trying to bring black people back into the game. That is he's trying to change the game. He's trying 20, to change the game years, again. Right? Exactly, like for black, because we don't get the opportunity in the inner city to play baseball. There's like seven percent of us that play baseball right now. It's pathetic, 
And then I'm listening to New York radio, and these guys, you're comparing yourself to Jackie Robinson. You should be ashamed of yourself. He's stupid. No, no, no. You didn't get the connotation of what he was saying, trying to compare himself to like he's Jackie Robinson, or the, you know, bringing the, the black people back into the league. So I, you're just an idiot. Listen, I listened to sports radio around here that day just to, get, to hear how he's, you know, I'm not going to use – I'm just going to say – People that don't really understand us as, as a minority, how they were going to interpret this whole situation, and how they were going to defend Josh Donaldson. Because you know that's Thank what the white Yankee fans were going to do. They were going to defend Josh. Go ahead. No, no finish, Barry. Barry. No, finish, finish, Barry. Finish. Hold on, Mike. Finish, Barry. Finish. Yeah, because they, they're going to finish. The, the Yankee fans, the white Yankee fans around here were going to defend Josh Donaldson that Monday no matter what he – anything. They were just going to defend him because that's what, that's what they were going to do. Like, everybody on sports radio on the fan was going to sit here and, and especially, I'll say, it's Boomer Sison, Republican-ass mm-hmm. dude that's just out here Uh-oh. that's going to come out and say, oh, he didn't mean anything by it. You know, like, dude, you, come on, man. I know your agenda. Mm-hmm. You're watching fixed news. You're just watching fixed news. You, you don't understand. So I, that's why I had to get it off my chest because I've been sitting on it for a couple of days, TP, and I, you and listen, everybody was giving me crap about it. And I went back at them. I'm like, dude, first of all, I've been a Yankee fan for 30 years. I've been black all my life, bro. Mm-hmm. I I know that like I know mm-hmm. that even even if I don't think Josh Donaldson was racist, it's a stupid comment. It's stupid. It ain't got no place in baseball. Ain't got no place nowhere. Period. The end. Wow. 100%. Um, Barry, I need a favor. Uh, go, go, um, Barry, I yeah. need a favor. Just send me. Could you send me the link that Aaron Boone, whatever he said? I didn't hear what he said about it. So if you whatever link or whatever yeah, he I, said, I want to do the whole article. Yeah, I'll try to dig it up and I'll send it to you. Um, I I just know Aaron Judge and Aaron Boone. That's what they said. On um, I I I don't know I th- it was on um I think I heard it on the radio they said um that they just they they came against it they they didn't they didn't defend them they said it was a stupid comment you know what I mean and um you know there's no you, he's your teammate so you you gotta roll with him but you, you know you can't defend stupid I don't care you know what I mean like if my wife did something silly in public I'm be like yo babe. He's out of pocket. You know what I mean? I, I, even though I love you, you know what I'm saying. So it is what it is. But um, mm-hmm. I just had to get that out because as a, as a minority, um, and, and, and I felt like you know what, as a Yankee fan, like people were trying to say oh, you, it's my responsibility to defend Josh. No, it's not. The hell it is, dude. Like you, if you do something stupid, you do something stupid. And then like it just pissed me off because I knew what was going to happen on sports radio. They were going to try to dismiss it. They tried to say, oh, Tony La- Boomer Esiason tried to sit here and say, TP, that Tony LaRusso tried to make this a bigger comment or a bigger situation than it was by saying it was a racist comment. If you don't see how there's a racial undertone, even if it's not blatantly coming out and saying the N-word, if there's not a racial connotation with it, like a connection in today's society, 2022, where a dude can go into a freaking Buffalo grocery store and shoot up black people for no reason. And you don't see the racial 
undertones of saying, what's up, Jackie, then you just got an agenda that you want to just minimize us. You don't want, you don't want to, you don't, you want to gloss over it and move on to the next subject and minimize it. Like Paul O'Neill didn't want to go on the radio and address the situation, the game that he was calling. You called the game. You called the game where Tim Robinson Anderson got called out. You don't want to talk about it. You want to talk about your stupid book. You don't, so what? So what did Brandon Tierney do? You know what he said? I don't need you on my show. If you don't want to talk about this, I don't need you on my show. Congratulations to Tierney because he's the only one that's a fan. Tiki Barber told the line. Brandon Tierney didn't. He, he said, you know, if you don't want to talk about this situation, go push your book somewhere else. Congratulations to that dude. You got my respect, Lord. Wow. Hey, wow. Real quick, real quick. If you can't, if you can't, I, I just got two real quick things. Quite honestly, it's comments like that though um, that Josh Donaldson made that that will serve as as discouraging uh, to minorities to get involved in the game. It's not the same kind of thing, but Thank it is you. still backlash that, that doesn't need to be said or had. And quite honestly, if you're like Boomer Esiason or Paul O'Neill or any of these guys and you can't see how this could be taken as uh, racial and or you can't see how or why a person would be offended from these comments, then you know what? I'll go a step further and say you're part of the problem. Thank you. Thank you. And it's not even that it's offensive, Mike and TP. You might you might feel the same way I think. It's like if Tim Anderson felt disrespected, why can't you respect his his feelings? Why can't you respect the fact that he was offended? Not because you're a white dude and you're not offended by what he said, but because a black dude is offended. That's that's telling me that you don't care about his feelings. You don't care how we feel. You're just gonna push it off and push your agenda. It's not. Uh, I, I don't. Everything's a racist. No, man. If he felt this right away, then you need to address it. Don't push it under the rug. Address it. Hold on. Paul O'Neill listen, listen. push his book. See, I, I want to know more about that Paul O'Neill situation. I need a link on that too. I didn't hear about that one, but um, uh, I have family in Rochester. I, I have family in Rochester, New York, and um. All of them up there, the New York um, State area, Rochester, Buffalo, they're all Yankee fans. So you mean to tell me that something happened up there where where African-Americans were murdered? You could be as insensitive and ignorant to what's going on around you. You're just going to have your narrative and say that you didn't say it in that monotone, but then use better judgment. Like, like I, I can understand where he can be coming from, but then again, it's like you are smarter than that. You are older than that. You probably have a wife and kids and so on and so forth. Like, use better judgment because that will get your son knocked out in school or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you you not being mm-hmm. smart. you you still um, immature at the end of the day. Like, stop thinking that you're bigger than the world. It's bigger than me and you at the end of the day. So, I, I, I mean, he's closed-minded. I can't wait to hear what uh, Aaron Boone said and, and everybody else that's speaking up about it because this, this is similar to what Steve Kerr said about the shootings in Texas. Enough, and I'm tired of saying enough is enough because I say it all the time. I'm tired of the, the moment of silences and things of that nature. This this is a different temperature around uh, around us as people. Forget this America across, across the globe, and, and you, you got to be better than that. So, um, Josh Donaldson, I'm, I'm shame on you for real, for real. 
Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, listen, <laughs> that's all it needs to be said. We had overtime. I had to get it off my chest. I've been holding it in. You can could, you could feel the villain holding it in. I had to get it out. Um, Mike, give us a close. We got to get out of here. We got to, you know, we got to do our thing. Shout out to PHI Apparel, PHI Apparel for sponsoring our show. Get to their website and find their beautiful pair, PHIFL.co. Mike, get us out of here, bro. Much respect to TP, my brother from another mother. Without him, I wouldn't be here, man. Much love and respect to the other chefs in the room. Always happy to share space with you guys. My bad a second earlier, Barry was not trying to talk over you at all. And, uh, man, there's a, uh, there's a lot going on in the world, man. All I can say is uh, take the time to remind the people close to you that you care about them and, and what they mean to you because we're never promised another day. And um, there's some uh, craziness in this world that uh, that further emphasizes that every day. So hold on to your loved ones, man. Make sure they know how you feel about them. Enjoy sports. It's a nice distraction from things when you need to. And uh, even though there are a lot of things bigger than sports, we all need some time to decompress and get away. So uh, we got a lot of cool things going on in the sports world, man. we got a lot of things cool going on at the barbershop and clubhouse, family environment there. Come be part of our community on uh, clubhouse. Also, Sports City Chef, check out the websites, the blogs, the shows, everything else we got going on. And uh, we'll see you Sunday morning for the Thomas Sunday morning brunch. As they say in Louisiana, man, laissez-les-bon-ton-roulet. <laughs> I love it when you say that. I love it. Look, man, I don't care you talk over me. Everybody got to get their point across, man. You go ahead, man. I don't give a damn. But, um, listen, thank you guys for, for hang, holding it down with us, Sports City. I love doing the show with you guys. TP, man, you're like my big brother. So I love doing the show with you, man. Get us out of here. We pay these bills. Get us out of here, bro. Shout out to my niece, Avery. She got a new belt. You know what I'm saying? She out there doing her kung fu, karate, all that stuff. But I got to beat that little girl up when I come up. I got to make her laugh a couple of times, man. And uh, shout out to everybody that's been here with us, doing it the best that they can. And shout out to us as people, all walks of life, man. But shout out to the people that's going through it the worst, that's people in Ukraine, minorities, things of that nature, man. We got to get through this the best way we see fit possible. I love everybody that walked across my life, even if you are an enemy or a friend or a foe, man. God loves us at the end of the day. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Sports City Chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the Sports City Chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on.